Welcome, listeners, to a special episode of Inclusion Insights. I'm your host, Phil Clark, and we're thrilled to be with you today during National Inclusion Week. This is a time when we come together to celebrate diversity, promote equality, and foster a sense of belong for everyone. Today's episode is dedicated to a topic close to our hearts, how to be a great LGBTQ plus ally. I'm here with our colleague, Gavin Russell. Gavin, would you like to introduce yourself? Many thanks, Phil. Yeah, delighted to join you on uh, this special episode. Uh, so my name's Gavin Russell. I'm uh, the CEO of Infrastructure Investments. Um, just to remind listeners, we at Balfour BT have a kind of global investment portfolio, uh, slightly heavier weighted in the US than the UK. And the role is to essentially be the general manager across our investment portfolio. Brilliant, brilliant. Uh, okay, so um, as I've said, my name is Phil Clark. I'm a senior project manager working for Balfour BT Gilpatrick, and I'm also a ally co-chair of the Balfour BT LGBTQ plus affinity group. Now, I've set a few sort of questions out so that we can uh, run through them. Um, why are you personally involved with the LGBTQ plus affinity group? Uh, why am I personally involved? Um Forgive the kind of, uh, what is it called, uh, movie uh, poster quotes, but the, the reason I'm involved is because it matters. Uh, and, what answer. I'm, uh, and what I mean by that is I'm, I'm a, a firm believer that we need to treat everyone fairly, regardless of their beliefs, uh, sexual orientation, etc. Judge every, everyone has a right to live their life as they see fit, and, and that's why I'm doing this. Uh, it, it means a lot to me. Good. For that. Good. Can I actually ask the question the other way? Of course you can. Why are you the co-chair? Um, the, this is my 44th year in the industry, and I've always felt like an alien. Um, and more recently, I've realized that I'm a tetramat, tetrachromat, which means I've got four cone cells which means I can see more colours. Really? Really. It's bizarre. I know. Sounds a load of rubbish, but... Does that that's forgive your fact. shirts? Well, that, that, that sort of supports <laughs> the issue. So my shirts, I've, I've done this ever since I can remember. I can remember asking my mum for a, a really zany shirt when I was about five. And it's because I love colour. Although bizarrely, my my favourite colour is white, so I got married in white, and my house is white, and I don't have a colour, but it's strange. But what I've come across all my working life is um, chromophobic responses, bizarrely against colour. Yeah. So, yeah, in the in in our industry, everybody the most common colours in in the the country. Can I guess? Go on. Navy. Yep. And black. Well, in order, they are grey, black, white, and blue. So they're the most popular colours. And unfortunately, I don't do those colours. Uh, unless it's a funeral. Um, or unless I'm getting married, actually. Uh, so... 
for me, I've always wanted to wear something bright because I, I do feel as though I suffer from SAD, you know, the sack, yeah, yeah in the winter. Uh, and I'll, I'll look bright. Why not? Um, and I'm also, this is my only life and I want to live it the way I do. So I prefer to be different and bright. So that means that obviously I must be gay. And that's, that's the usual sort of response. So I'm joining the diversity and inclusion group. Uh, and at this moment I'm supporting the LGBTQ plus group. So, but for me, it's, it's the big picture. But just just replaying what I heard there is the reason you're a co-chair of this network is actually broader. It, it's actually any kind of uh, inclusive group, correct? D and I group, yeah. be, be happy correct. part of. But you probably lean more towards this because you've actually had prejudice where people think you are gay when you're not one hundred percent. You whilst you can't live and breathe it as a. Um, kind of member, you can only yeah. see it as an ally. You've you've seen it a bit more it, than perhaps it's, I. It's yeah, yeah. It, it, it's really quite bizarre, and especially in in the construction industry. So this is why it's so key for us to be um, always focusing on the, the diversity and talking about it all the time. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, what does allyship mean to you within the workplace? Um, for me, I mean, allyship, I'll, I'll try and say it correctly, <laughs> is um, for me to respect. I mean, and I know I'm not, I'm, not a, uh, I'm not a link into the broader right to respect campaign, which, you know, we have as a company. But if we just focus on the, resp the respect word, again, I come back to what I said earlier. Everyone has a right to live a life as they... Uh, see fit as long as they're not impinging on other people's uh, liberties and i don't think anything within the dni and certainly within the lgbtq plus network let everyone live their life the way they see fit so for me it's respecting people's choices uh it, it is for me why um allyship is important to have within the workplace yeah yeah absolutely spot on i it, for me it reflects my own uh, personal uh, values and ethics uh, like you say it's the right thing to do um, I found a new buzzword recently oh, go on I've realised I'm an inclusionist in other words what, what, where did you find the buzzword oh I can't remember someone, someone said go you were and you said oh I like that I'll remember yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and it, it's, it's all about just embracing life embracing people embracing whatever they want to bring to to the conversation okay um next question is how can allies contribute to make working workplaces more inclusive and welcoming for lgbtq plus employees are there specific policies or practices to consider yeah I'm, i mean i i think i'll deal with the first question not the second one because because whilst i absolutely understand policies and practices are very helpful as a reference guide, I personally don't think anyone should look at those for how to behave. So yeah. when I say how can an ally contribute to making workplaces more inclusive and welcoming, um, you know, think about the, the shadows we cast. Mm. And I mean that across the organization. Someone is always looking at how you will behave in certain situations. And, it, and it's not necessarily tiered by seniority 
it's it can be in any situation mm. and you've got to be just very conscious and you should be conscious of the shadow you cast mm. and people often react to how people behave and it, you can only if you just track the kind of um the acceptance now of lgbtq plus and it's moving and it's getting better and better I would say a lot of that is to do with wider acceptance and multiple people casting shadows, which ultimately make it an acceptable um, um, way to live within the workplace, both personally and professionally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you just mentioned, I mean, we, we as a business have the the uh, policies, the right to respect campaign is, is obviously uh, a big one. Uh, and that's supported by the diversity and inclusion strategy. And we also have got the five affinity uh, networks, uh, which cover the LGBTQ+, multicultural uh, ability, gender, and neurodiversity. So, yes, you're right. We, we, we do have the policies there to demonstrate as a business the corporate um, direction. But that doesn't mean that... We must keep talking about it. Yeah. We must. It must be a daily conversation that we have. It, it mustn't be something that we talk about once a year uh, in a certain week. You know, it, it has to be a, a, a driver for business. And can, can I ask the question, because we're conscious that we do want people to maybe revisit this podcast for reference. So I'll do the po podcast uh, bookmark if, if, cool. if they exist. Cool. Yeah. And, and ask the question, so where can you find within the BB uh, environment these specific policies and practices? So if someone's joining the company or someone wants to understand uh, more information around this space, where are they going on the internet? The, well, ah, you just mentioned internet. So the, yes, there are on the internet, but that's an internal system. So if you go onto to the uh, global Balfour um, BT website, you will find your way through the links to the diversity and inclusion uh, page where you can actually see all the um, affinity groups that we support and the right to respect um, uh, campaign that we're running. Okay, fine. And then, so that's external internet. Correct. And then on the internet, it's on the BMS. Correct. It's on Spot the BMS on. system. It, yeah, okay. on the internet, we follow the BMS system. Um, and yeah, it takes us straight to it. In what ways can allies actively support and stand up for LGBTQ plus individuals when seeing discrimination or microaggressions? Okay, so I mean, so let me just repeat that question. So it's around how can I stand up to support the individuals who are under yes. aggression or prejudice or discrimination, discriminatory behaviour? Um, I'd like to stand, stay, say, be forthright, stand up, say it's wrong there and then in person. I, I actually don't think it's one way to support. I think it depends on your personality type, depends on the environment, depends how comfortable you are standing up for that individual. Clearly that is, for me, because my personality type is maybe a bit more um, uh, on the front foot, I, I would be in there standing up. I also acknowledge that some people may want to reflect or maybe not realise what has happened at the time and need to kind of take it away. The most important thing to do is to not do nothing. 
Correct. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, it, it, the most in, yeah, that's right. The most yes. important thing is to not do nothing. And just to remind everyone while we're talking about policies and procedures, we do have a global speak up helpline, yeah. um, which is part of our broader code of ethics program, which is global wide, hits all the SBUs, all the business units. And that provides a um, uh, independent, anonymized reporting uh, forum to make sure things that you see find its way into an independent review and we can react as a company. Brilliant. So I would always recommend trying to stand up at the time. If you can or you don't want to or you don't feel comfortable, do not expose yourself. Use the independent, anonymized speak up. Um, can I ask a question in return? Of course you can. Which is, as you said, 44 years in the industry. Uh, I'm going to have to do the, the broad maths here. So that's 1979 you started, 78. This is my 44th year, so it was actually... Okay, so not quite technically. 1980. Right. <laughs> 1980. So starting in the industry in 1980 versus where we are now in 23, you must have seen all sorts. So gotcha, yeah. could you give us a, I guess, a good, uh, sorry, a bad example and a good example of where you've seen reactions to these kind of discrimination or microaggressions? Life is a, a, um, a, a learning journey. So going back into the 80s, uh, there was a lot more homophobic um, and outspoken people without any, any, anybody being interested in defending the, anybody's opinion. So it was a very difficult time, perhaps, to be um, someone who stands out in the industry. I'm so glad I picked uh, construction, of course. Um, but I'm very happy to say that as health and safety has done, which we, when there's an incident, we learn from it. That's exactly what we've done from with, uh, with the affinity groups. So we are learning every day to develop better processes. And it is, it is, we're not going to get it right all the time, but as long as we keep learning and moving forward to improve the system and the support, um, you know, we, we should be talking about this every day. Simple as that. Okay. But, but uh, improve, I mean, clearly imp an improving environment. 100%. Yes. I, think, I think this last 15 years has seen a massive step change. Massive step change. Okay, this is an interesting question. If I unintentionally offended someone or make a mistake while trying to be an ally, how can I handle the situation and learn from it? Um, okay, uh, I'll, I'll tr let me try and answer this, but anonymize a response. So I've, I've had uh, recent, when I say recent, I say in the last tw uh, 12 months, experience of this where it was actually within this community, whereby I, not direct, uh, not like, uh, directly uh, related to someone's sexual orientation, but a periphery event around the person's life, uh, and we were having a, um, a a debate, but it was in an audience, and I um, didn't learn from my junior school's. Uh, uh, primary school teachers adage or, or, or saying which always said make sure your brain uh, before you put your what is it sorry make sure your brain is in gear before your mouth goes into action yeah. 
And it was quite a fast-moving conversation. And I, and I actually said something quite crass, which at the time I thought was amusing. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, a few people laughed. Now, what the, and, and plaudits to this individual who actually then came and spoke to me after the event and said, um, I have no doubt that it wasn't intentional, but this is the way I heard that conversation and this is the way is the way it was received mm. and it really it really i mean it's funny isn't it you you ask that question and that's the first interview yeah. that i go to yeah. in my mind because for me i learned a lot from that yeah. which was you've got to be not careful but just just make sure you understand how what you're going to say is going to be heard and received rather than the intention with which you yeah. gave it out yeah um now Plaudits to the individual, you know, they uh, accepted the apology and I'm sure we've moved on. But I think you've just got to make sure that you continually learn from your interactions. And, and particularly as an ally, um, there's certain concepts and constraints and you won't have lived their life or had their issues. Um, so you're always going to be making mistakes. But I think it's around adopting it with the right attitude. And, and I think... People do forgive those mistakes as long as you're trying to do it with the right um, spirit behind it. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you, what you've, you've just talk, discussed is um, you're mortified. Yes, yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. And that's why we remember. And I, I actually think that leads on to a bigger issue in life, which is um, why one of the reasons we don't speak about LGBTQ plus is because people don't understand it. And if you don't understand something, there is a degree of fear there. So nobody knows how to start the conversation. Nobody knows how to communicate and interact or what to say. So, yeah, I mean, I, I've been a co-chair for, I think it's over 18 months now. By gum, I've learned some, some um, very interesting things. And it's opened my eyes. But yes, I have made mistakes. But it's all, it's all about how you deal with those errors, isn't it? And, and like you say, treat people with respect and, and respond accordingly and, and, and learn from that uh, situation. Yeah, and, and I hope that using your date reference, you said, you know, in the last 15 years, you've really seen a change. So I'm hoping those, uh, the 15th year cohort are now 15 years further through their career and they're starting to make a change and cast their shadow. And, exactly. and hopefully it becomes a kind of a, 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 a continuously improving self-generating cycle. However, a bit like the garden, you have to keep attending, don't you? You have to be very mindful of making sure that you, you, you're keeping this thing moving. Yeah, correct. Uh, and, and, and like I said before, uh, that, that's why I, we have to speak about this all the time. It, it can't be something we do as a token uh, once a year it has to be a daily activity um, so it becomes normal okay how can we how can allies engage in advocacy efforts to promote lgbtq rights and social equality oh that's a um, that that's a that that's is a, a tough one a nice one though, that it? sounds like a university uh entrance exam <laughs> um no the, the, the i think the challenge with that is and there's a scale, isn't there? there there's is. clearly a, a scale from, on the one end, being an ally, 
but being an ally by example, mm -hmm. and that's all you're doing, all the way through to the other end of the, the extreme where you are, uh, literally on the on the, not the picket line, but you know on the on the on the front of the marches, yeah, yeah, uh, carrying the cards, handing out the flyers, and really and really pushing the agenda. Yeah. Um, my view is there is a place for everyone on that spectrum. Yeah. Um, and it, you've also got to be very mindful of not over committing to something that you won't be able to deliver on. Yeah. So if I'm being honest with myself, I'm an ally, but I'm definitely at the uh, lower intensity end of it because to be quite frank, I just don't have the time to, to, to really kind of over promise and under deliver. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's up to you, where you how you want to get in, involved and, and to what extent. All I'd ask is that everyone does get involved in it. Exactly. You've got to be on the spectrum, not not on the spectrum. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's all it's all about um, leaving the shadow, like you just said, but, but creating that safe place. Correct. Safe place to work. Correct. Safe place to communicate, safe place to dress how you want. Yeah. Evening. Colourful flourish. Well, I know. I, I feel like uh, you may be now dressing me down after this call around my comment about your shirt. Funny here. Okay. Uh, last question you'll be pleased to know is why is allyship a continuous journey and how can allies continue to learn and grow in their support of the LGBTQ plus community? I mean, I hope my uh, lengthy example from before probably is the same answer, which yeah. is around yeah. it's a continuously learning journey. Yeah. And like with anything, you know, 360 feedback, how you adapt your behaviours, how you moderate uh, your kind of conduct and pathway, I think is is extremely important. So continue learning now. Again, referencing the kind of data points that you said, both on the external website and on the intranet, there is a lot there. Yeah. But also, if you're looking at this as a new ally or someone who who wants to take part in the community or identifies as part of the community and you feel that something's missing, please tell us yeah. because you, you won't be the only one who feels it's missing, but you may be the only one who spoke up. Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. Great. Okay. Well, in closing, we'd, we'd like to emphasize that being a great ally is an ongoing journey of learning, growth, and, and action. Uh, it's about recognizing that we have, have, all have a role to play, creating a more inclusive and uh, equitable world um, by listening with an open heart, educating ourselves and experiences of the experiences of marginalized communities and using our privilege to amplify their voices, we can all contribute to a positive change. Um, we have to remember that being an ally is not about seeking recognition or praise. It's about making genuine commitment to stand alongside others and work towards dismantling systemic barriers. It's acknowledged that differences make us stronger and that every person deserves respect, dignity, and equal opportunities. So let's keep the conversation going, keep learning, keep striving to be the best allies we can be. Together, we can foster a society where everyone can thrive regardless of their background or identity. So thank you for joining us on this journey of becoming a great ally.